Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is Austin Langer. Welcome to this audio production of the Arsenal Match Day program. Premier League, Sunday, October 1st, 2017. Arsenal vs Brighton and Hove Albion. Kick off 12pm. The contents. The manager, Arsene Wenger. The captain, Park Mertesacker. Voice of Arsenal. Youth. Young Gun Pressure Points In The Mix 1998 Match Action Arsenal v West Bromwich Albion Women That's Me Visitors Brighton and Hove Albion Unseen Arsenal Match Action Bates Borisov v Arsenal Player Jack Wilshire Teams The boss, Arsene Wenger. Arsene was talking to Josh James. Looking to extend our 100% home record so far this season. Overall, we had a good cohesion on Thursday night. I picked a side that was a mixture of experience and young players and for 65 minutes or so, we played with good pace. The last 20 minutes were a bit more difficult, but overall, I was very pleased with our performance. BATE Borisov are a good team. They have a good technical level, they work well together, and we needed a good performance to beat them. I would like to congratulate Olivier Giroud for the remarkable achievement of reaching 100 goals for us. He is in good company when you look at who else is on that list. Olivier has a fantastic reputation that is well deserved, and we are all pleased for him inside the club that he has done it. I would like to take the opportunity to congratulate him on something special. We have all played football and know that to score 100 goals you need to be a bit special. Olivier reaching that milestone was one positive from Thursday, but I felt there were more. Joe Willock and Rhys Nelson played from the start, and I think they learned the intensity of the concentration that is needed, the intensity of the effort, and how much every ball has to be absolutely spot on. Also, they would have seen that the work rate is absolutely tremendous. It was a very interesting experience, and they played well. 
Jack Wilshire also had an outstanding first half, and he fought until the end. I think he's on a good way back to his best, and he showed that against BATE. Jack's at an age where a player normally gets to the best of his career. He is on the way up, and he has only been stopped by a series of injuries. Hopefully, I just pray that he is not hampered any more by problems, and then we'll see him getting stronger and stronger. I believe the team are getting stronger and stronger too. Our win against West Brom last Monday finished quite comfortably, but the first half was a bit nervy. They are physically very strong, very mobile. They disturbed our build-up and they went very direct. It took us some time to adapt to that, but in the second half we controlled the game much more. What's important is that we are strong at home, and that was our third straight league win at the Emirates. We know we can make results away from home too, and we'll do that, but it was important for us to win on Monday, because everybody else won the weekend before, which put us under pressure not to drop points. Nacho Monreal and Mohamed Elneny were both outstanding. I was pleased for both of them, of course, but especially for Mohamed, because he hasn't always played. What he did on Monday was very positive. The two of them are top players. It was good to see Alexandre Lacazette score twice. He's not only a goal-scorer, his link play is good too, quite as well. He wasn't phased by the physical challenges that West Brom gave us, and he looks to adapt very quickly and very well. Now he has to score away from home, but let's not forget he was unlucky not to do that at Stoke. Alexandre played alongside Alexis for the first time against West Brom. Both of them can score goals, both of them can give assists, so I expect a positive response from them on that. We work on the partnership in training, but the best way is to play games together, so I believe that will come quickly. We need to stay highly focused today to keep our good form going against Brighton. It's our first meeting in the Premier League, but we faced them twice in the Cup recently. They were difficult games, and when we got back home each time, I remember thinking, this club is absolutely equipped to come to the Premier League. They have struggled each season since then to finish the job off and get promotion until last year. So, congratulations to Chris Hewton. He has been remarkably consistent. He has done a great job. For us, we know that this is the kind of game where you want to win at home, but I believe Brighton is an excellent opponent. They play good football. They keep the ball very well. They are very well organised defensively and we will need to play at a very high pace to win the game. Today we celebrate diversity and inclusivity with our Arsenal for Everyone match day. Arsenal is a club with values and one of the important values is that we care about everyone, no matter where you come from, no matter where you were born. This is a value that I care about a lot. Today is a great opportunity to celebrate everyone. I believe the biggest challenge in sport today is to care about values. I am convinced that a long-term vision, a long-term moral obligation for the club is to do that. Sport has become very, very popular and it's vital and very important to win, but it's also vital and very important how you behave and what kind of examples you are and what kind of values you stand for inside the club. I will fight as long as I am at Arsenal for that. 
Enjoy the game. Happy anniversary, boss. Congratulations to Arsene Wenger, who celebrates 21 years as our manager this afternoon. Thursday's match against BATE Borisov was the 1,185th match the boss has presided over since taking charge. His win percentage stands at 58.3%. Of those 1,185 games, today is his 797th in the league. We've won 460 of the previous 796, drawing 194 and losing 142. The Captain Pa Mertesacker on an enjoyable night in Minsk and today's challenge. It was interesting to visit Belarus for the first time in midweek and to travel with a lot of the younger players. For us, it was important to recognise the difficulty of the threat Bates were going to give us. To see how we coped with being in a difficult situation away from home was interesting too. We'd definitely take a lot from that trip and overall, it was a beneficial experience for everyone. When you have newcomers in the squad, players travelling with you for the first time, they are profoundly aware of the situation they find themselves in and they bring a lot of respect. They will do things like ask me if they can leave the dinner table. They have a lot of respect and their discipline over the two days was good. For them to see how experienced players react, how they encourage their teammates and how I constantly emphasise the importance of every player on the trip, even those on the bench, is important. It doesn't matter if it's your first trip or if you've been on many in the past, you need to be engaged. Things like body language among the substitutes is very important for me. Just from that, you can get a sense of who is ready to bring energy to the team, who is engaged and who is willing to learn. I try to constantly implement those facts, and I rate highly how disciplined we were as a team on Thursday night. It showed that we could work hard together and be successful in what was a tough environment. I recognise that we could have been clever, especially in the second half when we had lots of turnovers and made it a lot harder for ourselves. But that's a lesson for us. We want to see young players learn that in these games you need to keep the ball better in order to release some of the pressure. We weren't patient enough at times. We always wanted to go forward when it would have been more efficient just to keep possession at times. Overall though, I want to praise what was a young team. Believe me, we're taking the Europa League very seriously, even if some players got a break against Bate. The whole squad are getting game time at the moment, so the players who didn't travel to Belarus will have watched the game and will know they need to keep performing in training and in games if they want to keep their place in the side. We have a good flow at the moment, and we want to continue our unbeaten streak. I said in my last notes that Ollie just needed to be patient because his 100th goal was on its way. He's so valuable to our squad and he's earned the respect of everyone by behaving properly as a member of this team. The ultimate outcome is that he scores a lot of goals. But when he wasn't playing, he's never thought about giving up or taking another road. He's always been so engaged and as he says himself, his run isn't over.
Ollie is an Arsenal man, and he feels deeply that he can contribute to the success of this team. He's absolutely right. Scoring 100 goals in five years shows that. I cannot praise his approach and attitude enough. Oli is the type of leader you need in a team. He has a huge influence, and that makes him so valuable. That's why I appreciate his character. He's such a good example for young players, because regardless of if he plays or not, he always brings his energy. Look at the impact he has when he comes off the bench. I want everyone to be a leader in this team, to be positive and a good example for the next generation. Let's take our run into today's game and make sure we extend it. I've played against Brighton before and it was tough. We needed one of those magical moments from Tomas Rosicki to help set up the win when we last played them. They had a very good run in the Championship last season and I think they've started pretty well in the Premier League. They've picked up some decent points, so we need to give them credit and respect what they've done so far. But we want to set the tempo and the intensity. That's what we've done recently, and it needs to be the standard. For me, the way we defend together is a good marker. After the Chelsea game, we promised each other that that is the standard we want to keep in every single game. The defensive effort makes the difference to our offensive game. So if everyone is engaged on that front, we'll have a good chance to win. We're coming into today's game off the back of the win against West Brom. There are some lessons we need to take from that. We need to be careful not to lose the ball early and get hit on the break. We need to keep calm and choose the right situations to go forward. We lacked that at times against West Brom and on another day, they could have scored a couple of goals. We have the ability to get it right, to play the right way. What I mean by that is playing quickly from the back and choosing the right moments. We can't forget the intensity, especially defensively and when it comes to transitions. If we do that, we'll have a good chance to be successful. Thanks for your support. Arsenal for everyone, a special day. Today is our Arsenal for everyone match day. I visited our mental health project recently to support the work of our great community team and to see the work that goes on is something I'm very proud of. The love I got back from my visit and the encouragement for the weekend was amazing. Arsenal is for everyone. We want to include everyone. We want everyone to feel welcome at our club. No matter your race, your skin colour, your beliefs or anything. It's big for us. It's a big promise. Voice of Arsenal Arsenal for everyone Embracing diversity and equality Today's fixture marks our Arsenal for everyone match day It's an opportunity for us to celebrate the diversity of the Arsenal family This includes our teams, our supporters our staff and our wider community. Through a number of initiatives undertaken across the club, we aim to ensure that everyone associated with Arsenal feels respected and welcomed. Please extend that same respect to Brighton this weekend on their first trip to Emirates Stadium. Discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike 
and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of discriminatory chanting, you can report it during the match by using our See Something, Say Something text service. Text FOUL with a description of the incident and location within the stadium to 67777 to report discrimination of any kind. Throughout the day, we will be highlighting some of the positive Arsenal for Everyone work undertaken across the club. Before the game, you will see the players wearing special warm-up t-shirts, where they will be showing their support to this campaign. At half-time, members of our football programme for people with mental health diagnoses will receive an award. Pa Mertesacker recently surprised them at one of their weekly football sessions, and this film will be played on the big screens whilst they are pitch-side. We recently opened our sensory room, one of many improvements to our facilities across the stadium. This facility will offer children and adults with autism and special needs to have the opportunity to watch the game from a comforting and stimulating environment. Finally, a tournament will take place at the Arsenal Hub today, where a number of gay gooners will join LGBT Brighton supporters to mark this fixture. We'd like to welcome our guests from a number of equality and diversity organisations to the game today. We are proud to have you in attendance with us. Matchball Sponsor Today's Matchball Sponsor have sent in the following message. Nate Proctor and Megan Coloni are excited to be celebrating their engagement with Arsenal today and to be representing the Gateway Gooners from St Louis, Missouri. Let's go Gunners! Par visits mental health program. As mentioned, skipper Par Mertesacker recently paid a visit to our mental health football program at the Arsenal Hub, home of Arsenal in the community. Par, who has previously worked in a mental health hospital, chatted to our coaches and participants and took part in the session. The Arsenal in the community run project provides individuals tackling mental health issues with a safe and supportive place to come and play football. Participants have also had the chance to play groups from other clubs and to attend matches at Emirates Stadium in recent months. Members of the group will be pitch side today for a special half-time presentation. Parr said, It was great to come and meet the guys and hear their stories and understand how the football programme is helping them a little bit. For me, it's always a privilege to come and see the projects we're involved with around Emirates Stadium. It makes me very proud. Arsenal in the community's disability provision is partially backed by a joint Premier League and BT Disability Initiative, which sees clubs backed by both organisations to enhance their inclusive provision through finance, volunteering and broadcast. The Sensory Room We've completed the building of a sensory room at Emirates Stadium ahead of today's Arsenal for Everyone match day. The space, which contains a range of sensory tools and games, will give fans with profound special needs and their families and carers the chance to go to matches live at Emirates, in some cases for the first time. 
This was the case for seven-year-old Reggie from Camden, who was able to come to his first ever Arsenal game with mum Carly against West Brom, thanks to the new facility. The Century Room is credit to the hard work of the Shippy campaign, which was founded by the parents of three children with autism. Peter Shippy, who attended the official opening on Monday, said, It's fantastic that Arsenal have created a sensory room. This room would allow autistic fans and their families to enjoy football, maybe for the first time in their lives. Arsenal has a long history of providing services for disabled fans, dating back to the 1960s, when the club first introduced a commentary service for visually impaired fans, a service which continues to this day. England call-ups. Congratulations to the following young gunners called up for England youth teams in the forthcoming international break. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, England under-21s, Josh De Silva, Steffi Mavididi, under-20s, Joe Willock, Eddie Enkatia, Rhys Nelson, under-19s, and Emile Smith-Rowe, under-17s. Emile is playing at the under-17 World Cup in India. Above and beyond, congratulations to Iona Kurtzo, who went above and beyond with her programme selling skills against West Bromwich Albion on Monday. Iona deservedly won some Puma sportswear, and we'd like to thank her for her sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please tell us now by emailing programme at arsenal. .co.uk 100 Olivier Olivier Giroud became the 19th player in Arsenal history to reach a century of goals for the club when he netted a penalty on Thursday night in Belarus. His 100th goal came almost exactly five years after his first against Coventry City on September 26, 2012. He brought up the century in his 237th Gunners outing, making him the 12th fastest player to reach the landmark. Here are some of the stats from his ton. Goals by competition, Premier League 70, Champions League 13, FA Cup 13, League Cup 2, Europa League 1, Community Shield 1. Goals by venue, home 50, Away 48, neutral 2, house scored, left foot 60, header 31, right foot 9. When scored, 1st to 15th minute 13, 16th to 30th minute 13, 31st to 45th minute 17, 46th to 60th minute 11, 61st to 75th minute 17 and from the 76th to the 90th minute 29. On this day, 1966, George Graham scored on his debut. 1996, Arsene Wenger became Arsenal manager. 2000, Thierry Henry, screamer, gave us a 1-0 win over Man United. 2013, Mesut Ozil scored his first goal for us in a 2-0 win over Napoli. 2014, Danny Welbeck scored a Champions League hat-trick against Galatasaray. Coming up, Wednesday... Tomas Rosicki's birthday. Thursday, Kiori Johnson's birthday.
Ref Watch, Kevin Friend. This afternoon's referee is Kevin Friend from Bristol. Mr Friend is a referee we know well. In fact, he's officiated 10 Arsenal matches since the start of the 2014-15 season. Here's our recent record with him in charge. 2016-17 Watford 1, Arsenal 3 in the Premier League. Arsenal 0, Southampton 2, League Cup. Southampton 0, Arsenal 5 in the FA Cup. 2015-16 Swansea City 0, Arsenal 3 in the Premier League. Aston Villa 0, Arsenal 2 in the Premier League. And Bournemouth 0, Arsenal 2 in the Premier League. 2014-15 Everton 2, Arsenal 2, Premier League. Sunderland 0, Arsenal 2, Premier League. QPR 1, Arsenal 2, Premier League. And Arsenal 0, Swansea City 1, in the Premier League. Bag it, win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Tomas Rosicki, Theo Walcott and Mesut Ozil scored when we last met Brighton in a 3-2 FA Cup win. Which player got the last goal? Email your answer, including your name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, October 6th. One entry per person. Arsenal Youth. Two high-scoring matches for the youth sides, including a comprehensive victory for the under-18s. Words by Matt Aldridge. Saturday, September 23, 2017. Shenley Training Centre. Arsenal under-18s for Reading under-18s nil. Scorers for Arsenal. Daly Campbell in the 24th minute. Balogun in the 52nd minute and the 77th minute. John Jules in the 69th minute. Our under-18s empathetically returned to winning ways with a 4-0 victory against Reading at London Colney. Vontae Daly-Campbell opened the scoring with a fine volley after just 20 minutes. Tyrese John-Jules picked up a goal and an assist in the second half. Following Balogun netted a brace following the interval, leaving him on four goals so far this season. Head coach Kwame Ampadu rang the changes following the 4-3 defeat away to Manchester United in our previous fixture with many of the under-18s having been called up to join the under-23 squad for their match against Everton. Joel Virginia started in goal behind a back four of Daley Campbell, Harrison Clark, Toby Amoli and Dominic Thompson. In midfield, Josh Benson captained the side alongside Matthew Smith, while James Olinika, Tyrese John-Jones and Bayeka Sacco started in an attacking trident behind Balogun, who led the line. Both of our full-backs combined to open the scoring after just 20 minutes, and Daly Campbell capped off a fine passing move by meeting Amoli's dinked cross at the far post to volley home. Keen to not let the lead slip as it had done against United, Ampadu's side came out following the interval with menace and was soon rewarded with a second goal when Balogun raced into John Jules's pass on the edge of the penalty area and lashed the ball past Gabriel Rosario. John Jules soon turned goalscorer, adding a third shortly after when he was played through one-on-one by Sacco and coolly fired the ball home. To rub salt into Reading's wounds, Balogun bagged his second off the game 14 minutes from home 
and John Jaws's shot ricocheted off him and looped over Rossio into the net. The victory lifted the under-18s up to the fifth in the league. Monday, September 25th, 2017, Mersey Rail Community Stadium. Everton, under-23s, 4. Arsenal, under-23s, 2. Scorers for Everton, Donka in the 49th minute. Olawu in the 73rd minute with an own goal. Evans in the 82nd minute. Hennen in the 90th minute. Scorers for Arsenal. Maguan in the 10th and 77th minute. Marcus Maguan's brace was not enough, as two late goals from Everton gave them a 4-2 win on Merseyside. Maguan opened the scoring early in the first half before Everton took a two-goal lead following the interval. The captain scored an equaliser from the spot before Charlie Gilmore was handed a red card six minutes from full-time. Two goals in the final eight minutes from Anthony Evans and David Hennan saw Everton take all three points. Steve Gatting made a raft of changes in his starting eleven with many of the regular under-23s having been called up by Arsene Wenger to join the first team on their trip to Bait Borisov. Ryan Haddad started in goal behind a back three of Zek Medley, Jordi Ositutu and Joseph Olawu. Tereshi Moore and Tola Bola took their places at wing-back, behind Marcus Maguire and Charlie Gilmore, who paired together in central midfield. Up top, Aaron Ayaman and Emil Smith-Rowe flanked Vlad Drogomir, who led the line. He took an early lead through Maguan, who ghosted in to pick up AMR's cross on the edge of the penalty area and rifled a shot past Everton's goalkeeper, Joe Hilton. Smith-Rowe soon came close to scoring himself, almost doubling our lead when he sent a curling effort narrowly wide of the woodwork. Shortly following the interval, Anton Donker brought the toffees level when he raced through on goal and beat Hardart with a low shot into the side netting, which the keeper came agonisingly close to clawing away. Just 17 minutes from full-time, the host took the lead courtesy of an own goal from Ottawa and inadvertently headed a corner past Huddert. A few moments later, Maguan was handed the opportunity to level the score after Doncar had brought down Gilmore, just inside the penalty area. The midfielder stepped up and buried the ball into the bottom corner, just out of reach of Hilton. Despite this, a few minutes later, Evans put the host back in the lead once more with a shot that passed through a crowd of players and bobbled into the back of the net past Huddert. With the full-time whistle nearing, Gilmore was sent off for a second bookable offence as he mistimed a shot and his boot connected with the face of Lewis Gibson. Everton sealed the three points when Hennen capitalised on a slip from Medley and added a fourth goal in the final minute. Defeat means that we slipped to third place in the Premier League two table, just a point behind Everton, six behind leaders Liverpool and to head of fourth place Leicester City and fifth place West Ham. Gatting's side welcomes Sunderland to Meadow Park in our next fixture on October 16th the Black Cats are 10th in the table, having not won since the opening day of the season against Tottenham. They were beaten 2-1 by West Ham in their previous fixture. Young Gun, the next generation in their own words. James Oleinka. James was speaking to Lambros Lambrou. Born London, October the 5th, 2000. Position, centre mid. Boots, Nike Magista. Joined, age 7. Height and weight, 178 centimetres, 73 kilograms. School, Aldenham School, Elstree. I would describe myself as a box-to-box attacking midfielder. Of the players in the first team, I think my style is closest to Aaron Ramsey. In that position, you need a lot of stamina and determination, and, what's crucial, is the timing of your runs. The last few seconds are the most important. 
Aaron Ramsey is very good at that, and it's an area that comes naturally to me, but I'm always working to improve. There's the other side of the game too, defending, which I'm developing, and I find that helps my attacking play too. If you intercept or win a tackle higher up the pitch, you're already often in a position to threaten the opposition goal. Tackling, intercepting and heading are areas that I'm working extra hard on, but also my finishing too. I've scored twice this season, but want to add more, and so practising my finishing is very important for a player like me. I'm also working on improving my forward passing, as I have a responsibility to develop moves and provide assists. I've been playing football in the team since I was four years old, but was spotted by an Arsenal scout, Steve Higgins, when I was seven. I was playing for my local team, Northwood FC. There was an Arsenal feeder training centre in Ryslip that was run by Steve. I attended the sessions there and was invited for a trial at Hale End. I was signed within a week or so and travelled to Hale End for training from then on. I was a winger when I first joined, but I was moved into midfield by the Arsenal coaches when I was an under-10. I enjoyed playing on the wing, but I really love where I play now. I feel I've settled well into full-time training. It took a little time to adapt, but I feel stronger and fitter now. As a unit, the under-18s are getting into our stride. We had some injuries in the first few games, but we look and feel a lot stronger now, and the performances are already improving. I expect us to get better and better. Apart from our first game, when I came off the bench, I've started in every game, and I hope to continue my development and contribution. I was on the bench for the under-23s against Everton the other night too, and although I warmed up, it was difficult for me to come on as we went down to ten men. I hope more opportunities come to me at that level. The experience of travelling with the under-23s and seeing the games close up was useful though. I could see that there is no room for mistakes. With the under-18s, you might have a chance to get away with an error, but at the higher age group, any errors tend to be punished. The pace is quicker too, and, as I say, I am really keen to apply myself at that level. Hopefully, I will get another chance soon. My proudest moments have come with Arsenal. Winning the Futures Cup in 2016 was a high point, as was being voted Most Promising Player, in the Pinetto Calcio tournament in Italy. We got knocked out in the semi-finals of that, but the fact that I received that award when there were so many good players there, not just from Arsenal, but also Juventus, Inter Milan and other top sides, made it special for me. Hopefully we will win more in the future, so that I can add to these highlights. The Lowdown Who has been the biggest influence on your career? My dad. What's the best aspect of your game? Attacking. And what do you still need to work on? Long-range passing. Which team did you support as a boy? Arsenal. Who did you pretend to be in the playground? Messi. Which current player would you most like to play against? Yaya Toure. What's been the greatest moment in your career so far? Winning the Future Cup. What's your most valuable possession? My phone. What other sports are you good at? Basketball. Which was your best subject at school? French.
if you had to sing one song to save your life, what would it be? Hardy Caprio, unsigned. You choose. Nandos or KFC, Nandos. Stormzy or J Huss, J Huss. Messi or Ronaldo, Messi. Champions League or World Cup, Champions League. Instagram or Snapchat, Instagram. Home kit or away kit, away kit. Netflix or Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime. Sliders or flip-flops, sliders. Long-range goal or dribble through the team, long-range goal. Beach holiday or city break, beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres, 400 metres. Early mornings or late nights, early mornings. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Left foot, Javier Amici. Skills, Trey Coyle. Vision, Matt Smith. Commitment, Harry Clark. Touch, Tyrese John Jules. Strength, Fonte Daly Campbell. Trainer, Harry. Right foot, me. Pressure points. Callum Chambers. In the words of Arsene Wenger, the glare has never been stronger. So we ask the Arsenal stars about pressure situations on and off the pitch. In which Arsenal match did you feel under most pressure? I'd probably go for one of my first games because everything was new and I wanted to make a good impression. I'd go with the Community Shield at Wembley when we beat Man City. In which non-Arsenal match did you feel most pressure? I think that would have to be my England debut. You're playing for your country and you want to do well, so you put a bit of pressure on yourself. There's a striker bearing down on gold. Who do you want making the last ditch tackle? Other than myself? I'd go for Loren Kozilny. You know he's going to be ruthless. He has the pace to get there and you know he's going to win the ball. Your team have a penalty to win the Premier League in the last minute. Who do you want taking it? It's Santi Cazorla. Technically, he's brilliant. And he's known to put penalties away for fun. Do you have any techniques that you use to alleviate pressure before a game? I think everyone deals with it differently. I've got used to it. You have a routine and you try to replicate that by preparing the same way in the day before the game and by eating the same foods on the morning of the game. I think having a routine is a way to deal with it, that and preparing for every game in the same way. Have you ever buckled under pressure? What happened? I don't think I've ever buckled under it, but there were probably a few games where I felt it more than others, like in the biggest games. My England and Arsenal debuts, for example. I've never not been able to walk out onto the pitch or anything like that, though. It's about learning how to deal with pressure. What is the most pressurised part of a match day for you? That would have to be waking up in the morning and having the drive to the stadium. You're in the car on your own and you have time to think about things. When I meet up with the team or when I go out on the pitch, that all goes away. It's a penalty shootout. Do you put yourself forward for the first five? I'd probably go sixth or seventh because there are some talented players in the team 
who like taking penalties, so I let them go first. Which people watching in the crowd make you feel under pressure, now or when you were younger? I've never felt particularly under pressure. I like to get myself fired up before I go into the tunnel, so I'm fully focused on what the job is. By the time I get to the tunnel, I'm ready to go. Your agent says there's a small speaking role in a new blockbuster film. Do you take it? Would you be any good? I'd go for it. I think it would be a good challenge and I'd like to give it a go. I'd like to do it with Rob Holding because I'm living with him at the moment and it would be a good laugh. It's your driving test again. Would you pass it? What are you worried about? Yeah, I'd pass. I'd be worried about the theory test because there might have been some new rules added to it. So I'd probably have to revise quite a bit before doing it again. You're on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. What kind of challenges would you fear the most? Definitely the eating ones. I couldn't eat the bugs and the spiders. You move clubs to a country which speaks a different language and you're told you have three months before you have to do interviews. Would you be able to? It depends on the language, but I'd give it a good go. It would take a lot of learning, but I'd try. How good would you be if you had to sing in a karaoke bar? Who in the squad would you like to listen to? I'm a terrible singer, but I'd sing Naive by the Kooks. I sang that for my initiation at both Southampton and Arsenal, so I'd go for that again. Rob Holding thinks he's the best. He sings 24-7. The worst singer, I'd go for Ospina but I don't know why. You've done something wrong. Who is the last person in the world you want to tell? Pa Mertesacker. I know he would rip my head off. You have dinner guests arriving in 30 minutes and nothing's prepared. Could you cook a meal? What would it be? Spaghetti bolognese is my special dish and I'm quite good at that. I could make it in 20 minutes. You have been told you have a year to learn another sport and play it professionally. What would you choose? Probably table tennis. I've naturally got the swing, so I think it wouldn't take me too long. You're looking after a baby and have to change a nappy, can you? I think I could do it, but it would get quite messy. I'd back myself to do it, but I don't know how comfortable the baby would be afterwards. You've been asked to be a best man at a wedding. How would you feel about making the speech? Do you reckon you could be funny? I had this conversation the other day, actually. I'd struggle with the speech, but I think I could do a straightforward one. You've got to be funny, and everyone's got to enjoy the speech, so there's a lot of pressure attached. In the mix. Everything you need to know, and plenty you don't, about an Arsenal-based topic. Arsenal goalkeepers. Number one, David Seaman, holds the record for most clean sheets in Arsenal history. He kept 237 in 564 games. Number two, before becoming a professional footballer, Rami Shaban was employed blowing up mountains with dynamite to make tunnels. Number three, 
Arsenal's first ever overseas player was Dutch goalkeeper Jerry Kieser, who joined Arsenal at the beginning of 1930-31 season and went on to make 13 first-team outings. He later played twice for the Dutch national team. Number four, Frank Moss, who won a hat-trick of league titles between 1933 and 1935, is the only goalkeeper to score for the club. He moved to the left wing after injuring his shoulder away to Everton and scored in a 2-0 win on March 16, 1935. Number five. Prior to becoming a goalkeeper, Wojciech Szczesny was a keen ballroom dancer. Number six. Petr Cech broke the all-time Premier League clean sheet record when he recorded his 170th shutout against Bournemouth on December 28, 2015. Number seven, Estonian Mark Poom played twice for Arsenal without conceding a goal and captained the side on his debut. Number eight, the club's oldest player to appear in the Premier League was Jens Lemmon when he played against Blackpool in April 2010 at the age of 41 years and 151 days. The Gunners won 3-1 on what was his 200th and final appearance. Number nine, Bob Wilson's middle name is Primrose. Number ten, Italian stopper Emiliano Vivano spent 2013-2014 on loan at Arsenal but didn't play a first-term game for us. He made one appearance for the under-21 side, a 5-1 defeat to Sunderland. Number 11. A match-costing mistake by goalkeeper Dan Lewis in the 1927 FA Cup final led to the birth of an Arsenal tradition. The stopper blamed his mistake on the slippery brand-new jersey and since then legend has it no Arsenal goalie has played in an unwashed brand-new shirt. Number 12. 70 different goalkeepers have kept at least one clean sheet for Arsenal. Number 13. Eccentric goalkeeper Dr Lee Dick Roos, who played for Woolwich Arsenal between 1911 and 1912, was said to wear an old Aberswith top under his Gunners jersey every time he played. Number 14. Jack Kelsey became the commercial manager at Arsenal after retiring from playing, working in the club shop on match days. Number 15. Three different goalkeepers each played at least 10 games during the 2001-2002 season, the only time three keepers have earned a championship winning medal. Number 16. Our goalie in the 1950s, Peter Coy, was also the high jump and long jump champions of Lincolnshire and Scunthorpe. Number 17. Five custodians in Gunners history are in the goalie's equivalent of the 100 Club. David Seaman, Bob Wilson, John Lukic, James Ashcroft and Pat Jennings all kept at least 100 clean sheets. Number 18. Pat Jennings is the only player to appear more than 300 times for both Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal. Number 19. David Seaman was awarded the MBE in 1997 for services to football. sums it all up 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
On Arsenal's second double, the matchday programme records the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season. It's easy to forget that many Arsenal fans felt the signing of Crystal Palace striker Ian Wright unnecessary. They may not admit it now, but some openly opposed the decision, concerned the fiery forward would not integrate into a squad with such a fine attacking balance. After all, in September 1991, the Gunners were reigning champions and in terrific scoring form, netting nine goals in the two league games prior to his arrival. Wright was entering his late 20s and had already suffered from serious injuries. What was the point of spending £2.5 million, a club record fee at the time, especially with such an embarrassment of riches in our ranks with the likes of Kevin Campbell, Alan Smith, Paul Merson, Perry Groves and Anders Limpar. I was told if I'd get a goal, the fans would love me. All I was worried about was getting a first-team shirt, Wright later admitted. What followed was arguably one of the exhilarating and explosive Arsenal careers of all time. A rollercoaster ride of the sublime, the ridiculous, and the occasionally ill-disciplined. The spirit of another cocksure, non-conforming Londoner, Charlie George, had been revived. What you see is what you get, and Arsenal fans loved every minute of it. Cocky, brash, and an outrageously gifted goalscorer who sweated blood for the cause. He started scoring from the off, a debut goal in the League Cup at Leicester, was followed by a hat-trick on his league bow at Southampton, and by the time Arsene Wenger arrived at the club in September 1996, talk had slowly turned to Cliff Boy Bastin's club goal-scoring record of 178 goals. It was, right new, his for the taking. That record had stood since February 4th, 1939, Back then, in those final months before war enveloped the world, Arsenal were the reigning champions, defending their fifth title of those glorious 1930s. But 1938-39 had proved a damp squib. Bastin's goal that afternoon in a routine 2-0 win over Sunderland in front of a Highbury crowd of 45,875 was his 178th for the club as the Gunners rallied at the end of a season which had started with just two wins in their opening eight games to finish a respectable fifth. Little did he know it would be his last. And why would he? He was entering his prime, 27 years of age, still lightning quick on the wing, still a big game player, still scoring goals aplenty. He actually plundered more than 50 goals during the subsequent war years, but matches during those dark days were nothing more than semi-competitive regional affairs designed to scratch an itch for a downtrodden nation and service men and women on home leave. None were official fixtures, so Bastin's extra half-century did not count to his final total. In fact, he only played 11 more times in competitive games for Arsenal after netting number 178 five more in 1938-39 and six in 1946-47, before hanging up his boots for good. 
he retired on that 178 figure, free, as he pointed out in his autobiography shortly after, to avoid the stupid curiosity of other people when you drink an occasional pint or smoke an isolated cigarette. Many had tried to beat it, but by September 1997, Wright could almost touch it. However, he had stuttered badly since netting a double against Coventry at Highbury the previous month. Frozen on 177, Wright was left hanging with Arsenal fans desperate to see him get over the line. This was not the time for a barren three-match run. He was still the epitome of confidence on the outside, but frustration was clearly creeping in. Two easy chances were squandered in the previous home game against Tottenham of all teams, and he cut a forlorn figure at the end. But then his goal-scoring touch returned in the nick of time while on international duty, netting twice as England beat Moldova 4-0 in a World Cup qualifier on 10th of September to bring his three Lions tally up to nine, still 40 short of Sir Bobby Charlton's then record of 49. Three days later, the Premiership resumed with Bolton Wanderers, fresh from their opening game in their new state-of-the-art Reebok Stadium. The visitors to N5, the sun was shining, Highbury was packed, the stage was set. However, Wanderers appeared to be party poopers. When they took an unlikely lead through Alan Thompson's header, a right goal, indeed any goal, was needed. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Bastin's record was finally equalled just seven minutes later when Wright's shot from an acute angle on the right side of the area flew past Keith Brannigan in the trotter's goal. The relief was tangible, and off Wright went, whipping his jersey off to reveal the vest. What a celebratory word from his sponsor. Nike 179, just done it. It read, mimicking the brand's Just Do It slogan. Only he hadn't. He was still on 178, now level with Bastin, but only level. Not for long. Brannigan denied Dennis Burkamp. Patrick Vieira then failed to score with the rebound before Wright drove the ball over the line from a yard. He had scored absolutely every kind of goal to reach 179. 30-yard drives, back post headers, weaving run and finishes, outrageous lobs, but this was almost certainly the simplest of the lot. Wright had joined the Gunners at 27, the same age as Bastin when he'd scored his last goal for the club. Closing in on his 34th birthday, the South Londoner had finally edged ahead. And as he was in the mood, he promptly did what he had done on his league debut at Southampton six years previously and completed a hat-trick when he raced on to David Platt's pass to nonchalantly net his 180th goal. Arsenal had won 4-1, Ray Parler with the other, and Wright was now the man, clearly ahead on 180 goals. He'd broken the record in 261 matches, 135 fewer than Bastin, and admitted afterwards, people were saying the record was getting to me and now I can look back and say, yes, it was eating into me. But those close around me, like Dennis Burkamp, kept telling me to stay calm and it would come. This has been the greatest week of my footballing life. I'll celebrate by taking the missus out for an Italian meal and maybe a little bevy.
But now the record had been achieved. He claimed he was looking at the bigger picture. It only seems like yesterday when I walked through the door here at Highbury. I'm not satisfied. It's wrong to think I will just stop now the Arsenal record has been broken. I'm looking to move on. I want to win something. All these goals mean nothing without that. Right, gushed Wenger, is instinctive, explosive and yet calm in front of gold. While Bastin's record had lasted half a century, incredibly, Wrights would be beaten inside a decade when Thierry Henry scored his 185th and 186th for the Gunners against Sparta Prague on October 18th, 2005. Freeze frame, September 24th, 1997. Ian Wright is applauded onto the pitch by both Arsenal and West Ham players after breaking the record. This was the season Ian Wright made his first steps as a media personality by hosting his own TV show, Friday Nights All Right, which started on January 23rd, 1998. In September 1997, David Seaman registered safe hands as a trademark. During this season, Arsenal became an internet provider which allowed fans to have an at arsenalfc.net email address. Arsenal first team squad 1997-98 1. David Seaman 2. Lee Dixon 3. Nigel Winterburn 4. Patrick Vieira 5. Steve Bold 6. Tony Adams 7. David Platt 8. Ian Wright 9. Nicholas Anelka 10. Dennis Bergkamp 11. Mark Overmars 12. Christopher Ray 13. Alex Manninger 14. Martin Keown 15. Ray Parler 17. Emmanuel Petit 18. Gilles Grimondi 19. Remy Gard 20. Matthew Upson 21. Louis Boamorte 22. Ian Selly 23. Alberto Mendez 25. Scott Marshall 26. Vince Bartram 27. Paul Shaw 28. Stephen Hughes 29. Glenn Helder 30. Gavin McGowan 31. Chris Kiyomia 32. Isaiah Rankin 33. Michael Black 34. Jason Crow. Match Action Arsenal vs West Bromwich Albion Monday, September the 25th, 2017 Premier League Game number 9 Venue, Emirates Stadium Referee, Robert Maidley Attendance, 59,134 Arsenal 2 West Bromwich Albion, nil. The scorer for Arsenal was Lacazette in the 20th and 67th minute, the last with a penalty. Playing for Arsenal were 33, Czech, 20, Mustafi, 6, Koscielny, 18, Monreal, 24, Bellerin, 8, Ramsey, 29, Shaka, 31, Kosalinak, 35, Elneny, 7. Alexis, 9. Lacazette. Substitutes were 13. Ospina, 4. Matasaka, 30. Maitland Niles, 10. Wilshire, 14. Walcott, 
11 Ozil, 12 Giroud. Maitland-Niles came on in the 90th minute for Ramsey. Ozil came on in the 83rd minute for Alexis, and Giroud came on in the 83rd minute for Lacazette. Match stats. Total shots 16, shots on target 6, corners 7, offsides 0, fouls 8, possession 69%. For West Bromwich Albion. 1. Foster. 25. Dawson. 26. Hegazzi. 6. Evans. 3. Gibbs. 2. Nyom. 8. Livermore. 20. Krichowiak. 18. Barry. 19. Rodriguez. 4. Robson Carnu. Substitutes. 5. Jacob. 7. Morrison. 14. McLean. 11. Brunt. 13. Myhill. 9. Rondon. 10. Phillips. Morrison came on in the 63rd minute for Livermore. Rondon came on in the 64th minute for Robson Carnu. Phillips came on in the 74th minute for Nyon. Match stats. Total shots 7, shots on target 3, corners 4, offsides 0, fouls 17, possession 31%. Man of the match was Nacho Monreal. Match facts. Arsenal's last seven home games have been on seven different days of the week, and we have won them all. Alexandre Lacazette scored Arsenal's 100th penalty in Premier League history. Lacazette became the first Arsenal player since Brian Marwood in 1988 to score on his first three home league games. First half. West Brom caused a huge scare early on when Schroeder and Mustafi appeared to have felled Jay Rodriguez in the penalty area. The referee waved play on, though, as Rodriguez sprung to his feet and saw his low shot saved by Petra Cech. The Gunners took the lead when Alexis sent a free-kick goalwards. Ben Foster turned the effort onto the bar, but Alexandre Lacazette was lurking to head home the rebound. The visitors were on top as the half drew to a close. Rodriguez again was denied, heading towards goal only to see Nacho Monreal make a superb goal-line clearance. Second half. Arsenal looked more settled after the break and eventually doubled the lead from the penalty spot. Alan Nyam brought down Aaron Ramsey inside the area and Lacazette stepped up to stroke home from 12 yards. It was the Frenchman's fourth goal in three Emirates appearances. He could have completed his hat-trick later in the game, but smashed over after taking the ball round Foster. The Gunners comfortably saw out the remaining minutes to record a tenth consecutive home win in all competitions and move up to seventh place. Apart from the photograph by the scoreline, there is one full-page picture and seven smaller ones in the hard copy. The full-page picture has the caption, Alexandre Lacazette is in the right place at the right time to head home the opener. And on the next page, clockwise from top left, Laurent Koscielny battles with Gareth Barry, Mo Elneny in the heart of the action. Aaron Ramsey holds off former gunner Kieran Gibbs. Ramsey's progress is stopped by Ben Foster. Siad Kosalinak makes the tackle. Alexis Sanchez on the charge. Lacazette tucks home his penalty. Arsenal women.
the Gunners kick off the new season with a dramatic home win. Sunday, September the 24th, 2017, Meadow Park. Arsenal Women 3. Taylor, 34, 89, penalty. Evans, 84. Birmingham City Ladies, 2. White, 12, 60. Arsenal came back not once but twice in an eventful opening game of the WSL season, with Jodie Taylor netting a last-minute penalty to grab all three points against Birmingham. The Gunners began the game with promise, and in the quest for an early goal, Jordan Nobbs took aim from long range but could only fire wide. A few minutes later, Dominique Janssen sent a searching ball down the right to Beth Mead, who in turn squared to Taylor at the back post, only for the England international to shoot narrowly wide. Moments later, Taylor came even closer, striking the woodwork, with Birmingham scrambling at the back to clear. Despite Arsenal having the better of the early exchanges, it was the visitors who took the lead through Ellen White, when the former gunner raced through and fired a shot past Sari van Wienendaal. Pedro Martinez Losa's team didn't let their heads drop and continued to keep the pressure up on the Blues. A mix-up at the back from the visitors almost saw Dan Carter race in to score, but it was Taylor who found our equaliser. Played through by debutant Jessica Samuelson just past the half-hour mark, the striker made no mistake as she fizzed her effort past Anne-Catherine Berger to level the scores. Early in the second half, Arsenal rattled the woodwork again, this time through Beth Mead. But despite having the better of the opening minutes, it was the visitors who took the lead again. White bagging her second of the game with a powerful shot past Van Wienendaal. Looking to protect their lead, Birmingham sat back and played on the break, and with most of the team committed upfield, the visitors led by White broke with pace, forcing substitute Louise Quinn into making a professional foul, for which she saw red. Despite this, the Gunners continued to apply the pressure, and soon found a second equaliser through another debutante, substitute Lisa Evans, who beat Anne-Katrin Berger from close range. Not happy with the point, Evans picked the ball up and raced back to the centre circle to keep the pressure on. The Scotland International's urgency was quickly rewarded when just a few minutes later, Arsenal were awarded a penalty for a handball. Taylor stepped up to take the spot kick and coolly fired the ball in to complete a fine comeback. I'm pleased with the character, Losa said after the match. Against the elements, we managed to get a good result with 10 players and we managed to keep competing and tried to do the right things and that's to the credit of the players who never gave up. We have to improve, but this was the first game and we were very solid during pre-season. The substitutes came on and changed the game. We were losing when they came on and we won in the end. Lisa scored the equalising goal and I think she performed fantastically. She's a great girl, she wants to work hard and I'm very happy for her to score. We have been managing Jodie to get her fit and we were very happy that she performed so well in the Euros and hopefully she can do it this season. She's already got two goals and she could have scored a couple more. 
I have difficult decisions to make in terms of having a lot of options and a lot of players with quality. Arsenal Van Vienendal Samuelsson Substituted with Mitchell in the 82nd minute. O'Reilly Henning Janssen Substituted with Evans in the 69th minute. Williamson Carter Substituted with Quinn in the 69th minute. Nobbs Taylor Van der Donk Mead Subs not used Morehouse Scott Rose Hines WSL Fixture List 2017-18 Sunday, September 24th, Birmingham City, WSL, 3-2, Home Game Sunday, October 1st, Manchester City, WSL, 12.30 Sunday, October 8th, Bristol City, WSL, 12.30, Home Game Thursday, October the 12th, London Bees, CC, 7.30. Sunday, October the 29th, Everton, WSL, 2 o'clock, home game. Wednesday, November the 1st, Millwall Lionesses, CC, 7.45. Sunday, November the 5th, Reading, CC, 2 o'clock, home game. Sunday, November the 12th, Sunderland, WSL, 2 o'clock. Thursday, November the 16th, Watford, CC, 7.45, home game. Sunday, December the 10th, Liverpool, WSL, 2 o'clock. Sunday, December the 17th, TBA, CC, QF, TBA, home game. Sunday, January the 7th, Chelsea, WSL, 2 o'clock. Sunday, January the 14th, TBA, CC, SF, TBA, home game. Sunday, January the 28th, Reading, WSL, 2 o'clock. Sunday, February the 11th, Yeovil Town, WSL, 2 o'clock, home game. Sunday, February the 18th, TBA, FAC, R5, TBA. Friday, February the 23rd, Everton, WSL, 7.30, home game. Saturday, March the 10th, TBA, CCF, TBA. Sunday, March the 18th, TBA, FAC, QF, TBA, home game. Saturday, March the 24th, Sunderland, WSL, 6 o'clock. Wednesday, March the 28th, Liverpool, WSL, 7 o'clock, home game. Sunday, April the 1st, Chelsea, WSL, 2 o'clock. Sunday, April the 15th, TBA, FAC, SF, TBA, home game. Thursday, April the 19th, Reading, WSL, 7.30. Saturday, April the 21st, Yeovil Town, WSL, 3 o'clock, home game. Sunday, April the 29th, Birmingham City, WSL, 2 o'clock. Saturday, May the 5th, TBA, FAC, F, TBA, home game. Sunday, May the 30th, Manchester City, WSL, 2 o'clock. Sunday, May the 20th, Bristol City, WSL, 12 o'clock, home game. Four Tops The Gunners' Dutch contingent were thrilled to feature in a small presentation after the Birmingham game to acknowledge their European Championship win. The photo in the hard copy of the programme features Viviane Midema, 
Sari van Wienendal, Danielle van der Donk, and Dominique Janssen receiving a floral bouquet from their manager, Pedro Martinez Losa. Double debut delight. With a new era of Arsenal women have come new exciting players for the Gunners, and two of them, both 25 years old, made their debuts at Boreham Wood last Sunday. Defender Jessica Samuelson played for 81 minutes of the match before the Swede was replaced by Emma Mitchell, and Lisa Evans made a huge impact off the bench, with her 21 minutes on the pitch featuring a goal on her debut for the Scot. Brighton play an FA Cup semi-final at Highbury. That's me. Honorary Arsenal steward Ken Marshall is in position next to the Highbury dugout where Brighton boss Jimmy Mellier watches his team in the FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield Wednesday. I don't remember too much about the game, but I do recall Jimmy Mellier was quite a character and enjoyed some good banter during the match. I also remember being preoccupied trying to find fans who had bought in transistor radios because Arsenal were playing in the other semi-final at Villa Park, where we lost 2-1 to Manchester United. Melio was standing in the home dugout, and you can tell how small the dugouts were then. They only had a room for the manager, a coach and a physio. The home dugout did have a heater, though. The away one didn't. Not that they needed it. It was a lovely sunny day. I was an honorary steward, making sure fans stayed off the pitch and away from the dugouts, and keeping an eye on the ball boy, who retrieved the ball from the wall between the fans and the pitch. We hosted a lot of semi-finals around this time, six between 1978 and 1984, and they were quite friendly affairs. Fans seemed to love coming to Highbury with its Art Deco touches. The atmosphere was always good, being one step from Wembley, and it just seemed to be treated by attending fans as a good day out. I started stewarding in 1978, and progressed to looking after the press photographers. I was always located in the corner of the East Stand and the clock end, and would often be seen chatting to the players waiting to take corners. Paul Merson was particularly chatty, no matter what the state of the game, telling me the outcome of his corner before he kicks the ball. I retired six years ago and was part of the transition to the new stadium, still looking after the press photographers, but the operation had become noticeably bigger. As a boy, I attended Spurs one week and Arsenal the next, as they always played alternative weekends. But the terraces at Spurs were filled with ash, not concrete like at Arsenal, so when I got home I was filthy, which annoyed my mother. Therefore, the choice was made to only come to Arsenal, and I've never looked back. I'm still a season ticket holder in the family enclosure, and love coming to games. When Arsenal lose, my wife knows to leave me alone, but a win always makes her life better. Thankfully, there are more wins than losses, which is why I've been married for more than 50 years. Name, Ken Marshall. Age, 83. Occupation, retired. Photo date, April 16th, 1983. Brighton and Hove Albion 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1, FA Cup semi-final. Photo location, Arsenal Stadium, Highbury. Are you in an Arsenal picture? Have you ever spotted yourself in a famous Arsenal picture? If you have, we'd love to hear your story. Email programme at arsenal.co.uk or call 020-7704-4130 and ask to speak to the editor. The Visitors Brighton have made a sound start to their debut Premier League campaign. A brief history. Formed 1901. Stadium, American Express Community Stadium. 
Capacity, 30,750. Manager, Chris Hewton. Record win, 14-2 v Brighton Amateurs, 1902. Most appearances, 556, Ernie Wilson. Most goals, 174, Bert Stevens. Honours, Charity Shield winners in 1910. Chris Hewton's side won promotion last season as runners-up to Championship winners Newcastle United, but they secured their Premier League place before Rafael Benitez's side thanks to a 2-1 home win over Wigan with three games to spare. It brought them top-flight football for the first time in 34 years. Like most newly promoted teams, Brighton have been tipped by many to go straight back down again, but there is a strength and resilience about this Seagull side evident throughout last season when they seldom looked likely to slip out of the automatic promotion spots. That suggests they could be sticking around for rather longer than some might imagine. Before the season began, there were concerns about the lack of Premier League experience in Hewton's team. The club's summer transfer activity have been focused on bringing in new recruits from abroad and when they lost their two opening games 2-0 to both Man City home and Leicester away, the doom and gloom merchants were not slow to make their feelings known. However, Brighton have picked themselves up in commendable fashion. The first point came in match number three, a goalless draw at Watford, and their first goals arrived in the game that followed, a 3-1 home victory over West Bromwich Albion that featured a double from new German import Pascal Gross and another goal from Israel international striker Tomar Hemed. The Seagulls were unable to repeat the trick next time out at Bournemouth, enabling their coastal rivals to collect their first points of the season as they surrendered a 1-0 lead given to them by left-winger Solly March, before conceding twice. It was the same story at the same venue in the Carabao Cup four days later, as the Cherries knocked a second-string Brighton side out of the competition with a 1-0 extra-time triumph. Back in the atmospheric Amex Stadium last Monday, however, Hewton's men returned to winning ways, a Hemed goal proving sufficient to claim a 1-0 victory against an in-form Newcastle. That result lifted Brighton up to 13th in the table, with seven points from their opening six matches. Every Seagulls fan would be delighted if the team were to find itself in that position at season's end. 13th place is indeed the highest final placing Brighton have ever achieved in the top division, manager Mike Bailey having steered them to that position back in 1981-82, a year before his replacement, Jimmy Mellier, led the club to their only ever appearance in the FA Cup final, in which they famously held Manchester United 2-2 at Wembley and had a great chance to win with the last kick of extra time, before going down 4-0 in the replay. Brighton were also relegated that season, and it is only this year after over three decades of mainly struggle and strife, that they have finally returned to English football zillions.
unseen arsenal. No flying start for seagulls. August the 18th, 1979. Today's meeting between Arsenal and Brighton is the first in the league for more than 30 years. But during the late 1970s and early 80s, the two met regularly in Division 1. The picture in the hard copy of the programme is taken from the first of eight league fixtures between the side to date and features two instantly recognisable players. In Brighton's colours is Mark Lawrenson, aged 22 at the time, who was establishing a reputation as an outstanding defender during a four-season spell on the South Coast. Two years later, he would sign for Liverpool and go on to win five league titles and the European Cup. Nowadays, of course, he's a regular pundit on TV and radio for the BBC. His opponent in the picture in the hard copy of the programme and also sporting a moustache, which was certainly facial hair de rigueur at the time, is Alan Sunderland. This being the opening day of the 1979-80 season, the game was Sunderland's first action since scoring the dramatic late winner in the FA Cup final against Manchester United three months earlier. In fact, Sunderland continued his form into the new campaign, netting twice against the newly promoted Seagulls, managed by Tottenham legend Alan Mullery in a 4-0 win for Terry Neal's Gunners. Frank Stapleton, who had also netted in the 3-2 Wembley win over United, and Liam Brady were the other scorers, as the Gunners got the new season off to a flying start at the Goldstone ground. Sunderland and Brady would be top scorers for Arsenal that season, scoring 14 league goals each to help us finish fourth, our highest finish for seven years. Sunderland spent another four years at the club, leaving for Ipswich Town, then eventually emigrating to Malta, where he had a brief spell in management. As for Brighton, they recovered well after this opening day disappointment. This was their first ever season in the top flight, and although they had a baptism of fire in this game on the opening day and lost the next two as well, they went on to finish a respectable 16th out of 22, six points clear of the drop. Further Perspective 1. This was Brighton's first ever top-flight game. They stayed in Division 1 until suffering relegation in 1983. 2. Arsenal and Brighton actually met five times that season, twice in the league, once in the FA Cup and twice in the League Cup. We won four, drew one, conceded none, with Sunderland also scoring in the league meeting at Highbury. Match Action Bait Borisov the Arsenal Thursday, September 28, 2017 Europa League Game number 10 Bait Borisov 2 Arsenal 4 Venue Borisov Arena Referee Daniel Stefanski Attendance 13,000 Match Stats Total Shots Borisov 19 Arsenal 15. Shots on target. Borisov 7. Arsenal 7. Corners. Borisov 3. Arsenal 5.
offsides. Borisov, three. Arsenal, four. Fouls. Borisov, 13. Arsenal, 10. Possession. Borisov, 44%. Arsenal, 56%. Match facts. Arsene Wenger has now won against 116 of the 122 sides that he has faced as Arsenal manager. Bate Borisov is the 50th different team that Theo Walcott has scored against for Arsenal. It was Arsenal's youngest starting eleven since playing Galatasaray in December 2017. Olivier Giroud became the 19th Arsenal player to reach 100 goals. Man of the match was Jack Wilshere. Borisov, goal scorers, Ivanic, 27th minute, Gordychuk, 67th minute. Shibitsky, number 48. Rios, number 17. Gaiduchik, number 3. Milunovic, number 19. Polyakov, number 33. Substitute, 24th minute. A. Volodko, number 8. Substitute, 85th minute. Dragon, number 21. Gordychuk, Number 62, Ivanic, number 10, Stasevich, number 22, Rodionov, number 20, substituted, 55th minute. Substitutes, Veremko, number 16, Yavlonsky, number 5, Berezkin, number 7, Siknovich, number 13, came on 55th minute. Tuominin, Number 24, M. Volodko. Number 42, came on 24th minute. Baha. Number 25, came on 85th minute. Arsenal goal scorers. Walcott in the 9th and 22nd minute. Holding in the 25th minute. Giroud with a 49th minute penalty. Name, Ospina. Number 13. Holding. Number 16. Mertesacker. Number 4. Mustafi. Number 20. Nelson. Number 61. Substituted 79th minute. Willock. Number 69. Substituted 89th minute. Elneny. Number 35. Maitland Niles. Number 30. Walcott. Number 14, Willishere, number 10, Giroud, number 12, Substitutes, Macy, number 54, Da Silva, number 43, Gilmore, number 47, McGuane, number 58, came on 79th minute, Dragomir, number 44, Akpom, number 32, Enkatia, number 62, came on 89th minute. First half, Arsenal started with purpose and Theo Walcott hit the post after just eight minutes. But he wasn't to be denied two minutes later when a superb run down the right wing from Jack Wilshere ended in a lofted cross for Theo who followed up an initial save from Denis Shabitsky 
to tap home. Theo soon added a second when Shabitsky inexplicably passed the ball to him on the edge of the area and he hammered home through a defender's legs. Rob Holding soon claimed his first Arsenal goal, finding space from a corner to volley in. Mirko Ivanic then clawed one back for Bate with a fine header. Second half. The second half was only three minutes old when Arsenal were awarded a penalty for a foul on Shikoudra and Mustafi. Olivier Giroud stepped up and buried a historic strike, his 100th in an Arsenal shirt. Bates again narrowed the deficit to two when Mikhail Gordiachuk fired home after David Ospina had saved from Ivanic. The last 20 minutes were scrappy but notable for first-team debuts for Academy Products, Marcus McGuain and Eddie Nketiah. Four other Academy graduates, Reese Nelson, Joe Willock, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Willyship also impressed. The player interview, Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire had to wait 400... Teams for Arsenal, manager Arsene Wenger, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 2. Mathieu Debussy. 4. Per Matasaka. 6. Laurent Kozelny. 7. Alexis Sanchez. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Jack Wilshire. 11. Mesut Ozil. 12. Olivier Giroud. 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper. 14. Theo Walcott. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alex Iwobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Santi Carzola. 20. Shkodran Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 22. Jeff Huen Adelaide. 23. Danny Welbeck. 24. Hector Bellerin. 29. Granit Xhaka. 30. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 31. Siad Kalasinak, 32. Chuba Akpom, 33. Petra Jack, goalkeeper, 34. Francis Coquelin, 35. Mohamed Elneny, 43. Josh Da Silva, 44. Vlad Dragomir, 47. Charlie Gilmore, 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper, 58. Marcus McGain, 61. Reese Nelson, 62. Eddie Nkitia, 69. Joe Willock. For Brighton and Hove Albion, manager Chris Hewton. Blue and white striped shirts, blue shorts and white socks. 1. Matthew Ryan, goalkeeper. 2. Bruno Salter. 3. Gautam Bong. 4. Yui Hunamea. 5. Lewis Dunk. 6. Dale Stevens. 7. Barham Kyle. 8. Jiri Skarlak. 9. Sam Baldock. 10. Tama Hemet, 11. Anthony Knockout, 12. Nicky Meinpa, goalkeeper, 13. Pascal Gross, 14. Steve Sidwell, 15. Jamie Murphy, 17. Glenn Murray, 18. Connor Goldson, 19. Jose Izquierdo, 20. Solomon March, 21. Ezekiel Scalotto, 22. Shane Duffy, 23. Liam Rosinia, 24. Davy Proper, 26. Tim Kroll, goalkeeper, 29. Marcus Sutner, 37. Isaiah Brown, 38. 
Alex Matteo, 39, Sofian Ahanach. Officials, referee Kevin Friend, assistant referees, Stuart Burt, Ian Hussin. Fourth official, Roger East. Today's other fixtures, Everton vs Burnley at 2.15pm, Newcastle vs Liverpool at 4.30pm. Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday programme. Humor One. Play perfect. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade, win from within. Copyright 2013 S-VC.H Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of S-VC.H. everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.